Hey guys, what's up? It's Savannah. Welcome back to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with me today. If you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah. I'm the host of the My Thoughts Exactly podcast that we post every single Thursday on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. You guys, today is a very special episode of the My Thoughts Exactly podcast because this week is my birthday week. I turn 26 years old, 26, 26 freaking years old on Saturday, January 14th. And I have been thinking about this a lot recently because I feel like with 26, I don't know, in comparison to other birthdays, I feel like if I know some people are birthday people, some people aren't birthday people. Personally, for me, I definitely am a birthday type of person. But as I grow older with each year that comes, I've noticed that I try not to make as big of a deal about my birthday, even though I love birthdays and I'm such a birthday person. For me, specifically in my own birthday, Over the years, I haven't really, you know, made a super big deal about it. However, 26 is one of those ones where you really can't turn away from it. 26 is the year where you get health insurance. 26 is the year where you can't really hide around your age anymore. And I'm sure in 10 years, I will be praying to be 26 again. But with that being said, in all honesty, I am really excited about being 26. I'm excited for all 26 has to offer. Because my birthday is so close to the new year, you have like two weeks into the new year and then my birthday. Each birthday really does feel like you know, a whole new version of myself because I feel like since it is so close to New Year's, everyone has their resolutions and their goals. And so with my birthday being so close to New Year's, I'm still so focused on those goals and resolutions at this point in time. Ask me in three months, it may be different. But as of right now, I still am super focused on those goals and resolutions. And so going into 26, still with that determination and motivated mindset has always been something that is really helpful for me and something that I really like about having a January birthday. I would definitely say I totally embody everything that a Capricorn (laughs) stands for. When it comes to astrology, I feel like it's very hit or miss. Sometimes I'm totally in it. Sometimes I'm like, I, you know, it's just a foreign language to me. But I will say over the years and learning more about you know, being a Capricorn, which I never really liked, by the way. I never liked being a Capricorn because I never liked the name Capricorn. It just never, I feel like everyone else got such a cool name, like Scorpio. That's such a cool name or Leo or Gemini, even though they don't get the best rep, but like the name itself is so cool. And then I got stuck with Capricorn and I just never liked it. However, After the past couple years getting, you know, more in tune with what that really means versus what the name is, um, I totally think that I embody everything that a Capricorn stands for. What I do know about Capricorns is I think if anyone is into astrology, the first thing that they'll tell you is Capricorns are very work oriented. And I think that that is very true. If you know me, you know that I am a workaholic. I'm always working on something. Also, I'm a very type A organized person. Um, I don't really 
when it comes to emotions, those aren't my strong suit. So little things like that, you know, I think that those types of things I definitely resonate with. Um, but I have learned to love being a Capricorn. I really have. And so even though I might not be completely head over heels into astrology, I can definitely respect being a Capricorn and I like it. I have grown to really like it. But today, you guys, as you can tell by the title of today's episode, I thought since this is my birthday week, I'm turning 26, what better way to go into this era, this new 26-year-old era, than reflecting on the past 26 years almost and telling you guys the 26 things that I have learned This is kind of the notes that I wish I could tell my 16-year-old self because I have a whole list of 26 that we're going to go through. When I was writing up this list, I definitely was thinking about it in the mindset of what would 15-year-old Savannah need to hear? And that's a lot of things. That is a very daunting and lengthy list, but I was able to compile it into 26 things that really have helped me grow over the past couple years and helped shape me into the person that I am. So with that being said, let's jump into this list. And I encourage you guys, if you guys have a list, if your birthday is coming up or if your birthday just passed, or if your birthday is in six months, it doesn't really matter. I would love to hear what's on your list, your top things that you have learned since turning whatever age you've just turned or are going to turn. Those are the things that I would love to hear from you guys so we can just share and compare. So let's jump into this list that I have. Okay. 26 things I've learned being 26. Let's get into it. The first one, I'm only 26. And I actually wrote a little note on this that I wanted to share. I said, so often we put pressure on ourselves to have our lives together, to have our future set up. We feel pressure from society to figure it all out and to have the picket fence life by 25. Or at least that's what I thought I was going to do. Growing up, 25 felt so old. And I thought, surely by 25, I'll be married with kids and life will be great and I'll have this amazing house, which in reality, I do. I have an amazing house with my boyfriend and my dog. But point being that the pressure that we put on ourselves to have all of our ducks in a row all the time is not realistic and that's okay. It's okay to not have all your ducks together and to have a little bit of a breakdown every once in a while. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, No, but I think that with that one in particular, I just feel like, especially with society and social media and everything, like I think it's really easy to look at people and compare and to see people who you think have their lives together and everything's together. And it can kind of, in turn, make you feel like you're less put together or not where you're supposed to be in life. And the truth is, is that everyone's on their own individual journey. And that journey looks different for everyone. And I think for me personally, there's been so many times, especially in my early 20s, where I've felt like I had to have it all figured out and I've had to have it all, you know, situated. And maybe that is the Capricorn in me. I don't know. But, you know, when I have those thoughts and feelings, I can oftentimes get, you know, anxiety and stressed and whatever. And I have to take a deep breath and remind myself. And I've had to have others remind me too that I'm only you know, 25, 26, I don't have to have it all figured out right now. I'm not supposed to have it all figured out right now. And I still hopefully have so much left in life to learn. And I want to be open to that. And I want to be accepting of that and to not put so much pressure on myself to have all of my shit together all the time. So that's what I meant by that, that, you know, I'm only 26. It's going to be okay. 
The second one on this list is you'll never regret the moments that you were kind, whether that's to yourself or to others. And I think that that's very, very accurate. You know, when looking at this list and creating my own list, I did Google other people's lists and I wanted to see what other people learned from their years of growing and aging and all of that. And that was one that was pretty prominent on everyone's list. And when I got to thinking about my own list, I realized how true that was. You know, I think so often the easiest thing to do to ourselves is to be critical, which I feel like is kind of ironic because I feel like what you would think would be the easiest thing to do is to be kind to yourself and to others and be nice to yourself, to compliment yourself and compliment others. But I feel like as a society, a lot of times we've trained our brains to be so hypercritical of ourselves and of others. And something that I've learned over the years, as well as something that I want to implement in 2023, we talked about this when talking about, you know, resolutions and goals and all of that, is to be kinder to myself and others. I feel like I am very kind to other people and not to toot my own horn or anything. That sounds very, I, yeah, but that's the thing. I want to allow myself to take a compliment for myself. That was a perfect example right there. Because even though I do try to spread kindness to others whenever I can, I think it's equally as important to spread kindness to myself and to realize that, you know, this is the one life that I have. This is the one body that I have. This is the one, you know, soul that I've been given. And to take care of it and to cherish it and to be nice to myself because you truthfully will never regret being kind. Even in the instances where there's other people involved and sometimes you really just want to say something nasty or you want to twist the knife a little bit or you feel like, you know, you want to just not say the nicest thing because we've all been there. I think that you'll never regret being the bigger person. You'll never regret walking away from those types of situations, you'll never regret just killing them with a little bit of kindness. Okay, number three, quality over quantity with everything in life. So when I wrote that one down, I, I did truthfully mean it, like I said, with everything in life, everything from my relationships to my friendships to, you know, what food I'm eating to what clothes I'm buying. You know, I, I really struggle with the clothes element one, which kind of can seem superficial. But when I was thinking about that, you know, I think that I don't know if this is just like a society thing. I know it's not just a me thing, but I really struggle with the balance of, you know, having core quality pieces of, you know, jeans or sweaters or shirts or whatever it is, rather than, you know, a bunch of stuff from Amazon because it's cheap and it's easy and whatnot. So I'm trying to find the balance between that quality over quantity. Right now I'm definitely in the quantity phase because my closet is overflowing, but especially when it comes to friendships, I talked about this a while ago too on a recent episode that I am in the phase of my life where quality of people means so much more to me than the quantity. If you would have asked me maybe like five or six years ago, I probably would have told you that I want to have a bunch of friends and have a big friend group and all of those things, which sound great and appealing. And for some people that is what they like which is totally fine. But for me, I've found that I thrive more in an environment where the quality of people that I'm around is better than the quantity. So I'd rather have two, one, three, whatever, like stand out quality, amazing friends in my life rather than 15 that I don't really talk to that really wouldn't care if I drove off a cliff tomorrow. Like that's the reality of the fact. And I think that 
luckily I'm at a stage in my life where I truthfully believe that I've found that for the first time in a really long time. I feel like I have a really good quality group of friends and it's something that I'm really grateful for. Like I said, I haven't been able to say that I've had that in a while and it's something that I'm really excited about. So that's something that I've definitely learned throughout the years is that it's quality over quantity for me in all aspects. So that's number three on the list. Number four, everything is prettier on Instagram. This kind of goes back to the first one about I'm only 26. I think we all know that Instagram is a highlight reel. And as much as we hear that constantly, I feel like I've heard so many, you know, content creators, especially in the past couple months, you know, reiterate like Instagram's only a highlight reel and this is the real me. And they post a picture of them crying and, you know, whatever, like do what you got to do. But you know, then they continue to post their highlight reels and all of that. And I think it's so easy to sit there and compare yourself and your life and, you know, everything on every aspect from, you know, makeup to hair, to house decor, to what their significant other looks like, to what kind of dog they have, to what they do in their free time, their spare time. You begin to pick apart every single aspect of their life because it appears so perfect. And then you end up comparing it to your own. And, you know, no one knows your life better than you and no one's life is perfect. So obviously if you're seeing someone's life who seems like they have it all put together, they have it all, they have everything. And then you sit there and you compare it to the bad day that you're having and you can get really hard on yourself because of it. And I know that I've definitely had those instances, you know, looking online on social media, seeing all of these people like look like they're living their best life and making me feel like I'm not doing enough, not because it's their fault, but because my brain has tricked me to believe that that's what the scenario is. When in reality, it's not. Everyone has bad days. Everyone has things that they wish that they could change. Everyone gets insecure sometimes. And it's okay to acknowledge that. And I will say, I am glad that social media, I feel like is doing a little bit of a better job of acknowledging that. And, you know, acknowledging that Instagram is really just a highlight reel. You show the best parts of your life and of yourself, because why wouldn't you? That's kind of the whole point of these types of apps. So it's nothing against the people and it's nothing against the app at all. And the fact of the matter is, is that really everyone's just putting on their best show at the end of the day and to understand that that's what it is. And, you know, if that doesn't look like what your life looks like, then that's okay. Because, you know, it's very funny. Like I've definitely met people where, you know, just comparing social media, I'll have people say to me like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I saw this on Instagram and I wish I had that, or I wish I had this. And, you know, I look on their Instagram and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, look at you. Or like, I wish I had that or this, you know, we compare and it's just so, it's very interesting because, you know, we're so hypercritical on ourselves all the time. And I think it's just really important to understand and to acknowledge that everything's prettier on social media. Everyone puts the best versions of themselves out there. And just because someone's life seems like it's all perfect and all put together all the time, it's not. Number five, we talked about this last week, and that is if he likes you, you'll know, and if not, you'll be confused. I might as well just get that tattooed on my forehead at this point. I will stand by this till the day that I die. I think that this is so valid and such 
a wake up call that a lot of people need. Um, I know I've certainly needed it over the years and it's just very true. And I don't even think I need to explain that one. I think that that one just is what it is. And we're just going to leave it at that. Number six is no one is going to set boundaries for you. Over the past couple of years, I have definitely struggled with setting boundaries and almost painting myself as the victim when those boundaries that I really didn't set were not respected. A lot of times I just expected people to understand what those boundaries would be without properly explaining them. And it wasn't until I actually started setting concrete boundaries in my life that those boundaries actually began being followed and I actually would stick to them. This goes in friendships, relationships, family, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like if you have a boundary, it is your responsibility to communicate what that boundary is to whoever you're setting that boundary for. And along with that, just a little side note on that is the power in saying no. I think so many times over the past couple of years, I've said yes out of the fear of disappointing other people or out of the fear of, you know, getting excluded the next time or whatever it is. And at the end of the day, there is so much power in saying no. If you want to say no to something, say no, set your boundary. Number seven, it's okay to miss people who have wronged you. We've talked about this a lot in Heartbreak Pep Talks about how when you end something with someone, you know, the automatic reaction or the reaction that people think you're supposed to have or the reaction that we've seen in TV, movies, and media and things like that is automatic hatred. Like, oh my God, I hate you. I'm never going to talk to you again. Like that whole vibe around it. And it's expected to last forever. In reality, that's not how it works. In reality, there's going to be points where you miss the person. And in reality, there's going to be points where you, you know, stay up at night thinking about them or you break down crying about them and you're going to get mad at yourself for doing so, especially if they have wronged you. But I think that something that I have learned is that you need to be able to accept all of the emotions that come with some sort of heartbreak or friendship breakup or whatever. If someone has wronged you and you remove yourself from the situation, you know, grief comes in so many stages and that's really what you're doing. You're grieving a relationship. Grief comes in a bunch of different stages, sadness, anger, all of it. So yeah, you are probably going to feel like the fuck you, I hate you, you know, angry side of it, but you might also feel the sadness and you might also miss them. And I think it's really important to acknowledge those feelings. It doesn't mean you want them back. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, stupid for missing them because why, how could you possibly miss someone who did you so wrong and da, 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 da. you know, you're grieving a relationship and allow yourself to grieve that. Number eight, no one cares about you nearly as much as you think they do. I know this one sounds harsh, but hear me out. My example here is workout classes. For the longest time, I used to want to be the workout class girly and I wanted to go into the spin class or the yoga class or whatever it was, Pilates, it doesn't matter. Go in and do my little cute workout and then leave. Like that's the type of girly that I wanted to be. I have since learned that I'm not a workout uh, workout class girly and that's totally fine. But while I was in those classes, I would get so in my head about you know, doing the right move or not making a fool out of myself or not embarrassing myself or not sitting down in the class because I don't want people to think I'm weak or, you know, can't do it or whatever. The fact of the matter is no one else 
cares. That's just the fact of the matter. I think we as humans naturally have this ego surrounding us that people are going to look at us funny or people are going to think that we're, you know, weird or doing it wrong or they're going to be, you know, so judgmental of us because we are so hypercritical on ourselves. And the fact of the matter is that's just not the case. You know, no one is going into the workout class to make fun of the other people there. And if they are, then they have a serious mental condition. But I think that, you know, it's just important to remind yourself to let loose a little, to live a little, to allow yourself to be in the moment and not be so stressed around looking around and, you know, making sure that no one's watching you or no one's looking at you funny. Same thing. Like I know so many, I've been in situations with friends, you know, we go out to the bar, we go, you know, dancing and they just can't let loose a little bit because, you know, they look around or they're worried that people are watching them or going to make fun of them or whatever it is. And then we have conversations and they're like, oh, like I wish I could just not care or I wish I could just let loose a little bit. And so that's something that I've definitely learned because I've been a victim of it as well is that no one cares. More than likely no one's watching you and more than likely no one's judging you. And I can almost promise you that no one else cares about it as much as you do. So just let loose a little bit. Number nine is that you're never stuck. Now, this is one that I have learned more recently, um, probably within the past three or four years. So I don't know if it's that recent, but it's definitely one that, you know, I think so often we can get into instances, whether that be you know, our jobs or our living situations or, you know, wanting to travel or wanting to move or relationships or friendships or whatever. If we're in a bad situation, we oftentimes feel like we are stuck in that situation. And the beautiful thing about life that I have learned is you get, and this is so fucking cliche, but there's a reason it's cliche because you get to change your story at any time. Obviously I know that there are, you know, interfering factors sometimes when it comes to finances and jobs and things like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that you are never stuck at any point. You can really change your life. If you decide you want to move across the country next week, more than likely you probably would figure out a way to do it. Like you're never ever stuck. And I think that's something that I have had to learn because I'm so someone who I'm a control freak. Like we know this. And a lot of times when I feel like I don't have any control, I feel really stuck. But the fact of the matter is, is that I'm never stuck. I'm always able to move. I'm always able to change my environment. And that's something that I never really noticed or learned until I moved to Nashville. I just, when I was living in San Diego, I kind of just felt like I was living the same day over and over and over again. And I just kind of felt stuck. And then one day I woke up and I was like, I want to move to Nashville. And I had been saying that for so long and I was just kept putting it off. And I was like, I'm not waiting anymore. Like, I'm not going to be doing this anymore. I'm, I'm leaving, I'm moving. And that's exactly what I did. (laughs) Number 10 is you'll never regret saying how you feel. Now this one needs to come with a disclaimer because I know that I've been in many situations where I do regret saying how I feel more, not because I didn't mean it, but because of the situation and circumstance in which those things were said. And I'm basically just referring to drunken nights. And, you know, they say that drunk words are sober thoughts. I've said a lot of stupid shit drunk. And I think that a lot of other people are guilty of that as well. And then we wake up and we're like, why did we ever say that? Um, So I don't necessarily mean that, but I do mean, you know, having a controlled conversation, a coherent conversation and a conversation where you speak your mind and speak your truth and, you know, 
tell your side. I don't think you're ever going to regret that. And I'm not going to get too ahead of myself on why I think that because there's a couple more points in this list that kind of reiterate that. So we'll just wait till then. Number 11 is to have a glass of water between every drink, obviously alcoholic drink. So drink water, drink water, drink water. So that's, that's, I just, that's my motto. You don't have to listen to that, but it works for me. Number 12, there is nothing the 10 minute version of all too well can't fix. Okay. This, if you are going through a crisis and if you don't like Taylor Swift, then yeah, there's probably, you know, 10 minute version is probably not going to fix anything. But if you're a Taylor Swift fan, if you are a Swifty and you're in a crisis, play the 10 minute version of all too well, scream it, tell me it doesn't fix it or at least help or make you feel better. Number 13, it's important to have a life outside of work. Hello, I'm a Capricorn. Nice to meet you. Um, I, like I mentioned earlier, definitely a little bit of a workaholic and I like to add unnecessary workloads all the time. And I know that this is different for everyone, but because I started social media in 2017 and I was doing vlogs and lifestyle and all of that, it was really easy to merge my life and work and so much so that my life became work, but also work became my life because I was just documenting my life 24 seven and I didn't really have a good, or I didn't do a good job at compartmentalizing everything. Um, now I feel like I have a better balance at that and have a better balance of when to put the work away. So that has been something that I've definitely had to learn. But at the same time, I don't think I'm ever going to stop working. Like I have this conversation with Hayden a lot and he's like, do you think you're ever going to stop? And I just, I can't see a life where I stop working no matter what. But I think that it's just important to be able to know when to put it down. I know a lot of people don't have this problem because a lot of people really don't like their jobs and a lot of people just want to get done and want to be over it and whatever. Luckily for me, I'm very fortunate where I love my job. And so it's hard for me to stop because also I have this idea that there's always more that I could do. Like if I'm, you know, done with my thoughts exactly, I might as well get ahead on a killer instinct case, or I might as well just vlog because, you know, I'm not really doing much. So I might just, you know, start filming again. There's just all the things that I think I always should be doing. So I'm very lucky and very privileged because I love what I do, but I think it's important to know when to put it away too. Number 14, book the trip. The money comes back, but the memories will not. Now, I think that's kind of, (laughs) I know memories do come back. Like that's how a memory works is because you think of them and then the memory comes back. But I think you guys get what I'm saying. Just spend the money, take the vacation, you know, money, you will always, you can always remake the money. And I think that that's something that I'm definitely learning now. Um, I've been someone for so long who loves to save, save, save everything. And I want to be able to live a little. I want to be able to have memories with, you know, my family, with Hayden, with my friends. Like I want to take the trip and I want to go on the vacation and allow myself to create more memories. So that I think is really important. Number 15, some people don't deserve the paragraph. This is very accurate. Um, I think that there's been so many times in my life where I've written out the longest fucking essay you have ever seen because I'm like, he's going to understand now how I feel and he treated me so wrong and da-da-da-da-da. The fact of the matter is I wasn't even doing it for that part. Like, I wasn't doing it for me. 
I was doing it for a reaction. I was doing it for, you know, the off chance that seeing this paragraph in this essay, you know, reading all of this would make him understand like, you know, how he did me so wrong and this is how I feel and now he's going to come back and whatever. It's just, it's never going to happen and it shouldn't happen. That's, that's where we start. That should not happen. The second factor of that is you're not doing it for the right purpose. I, and I feel that a lot of times with other people like my friends as well, when they talk about sending the paragraph, it's like, you don't really want to send it for yourself. You want to send it because you want to get a reaction out of the other person. And if that's the case, then you're not doing yourself nor the other person any favors because you're just going to be left disappointed because no reaction is going to be the right reaction that you want. And so don't send the paragraph. It's just not worth it. If you want it, send it in your notes, print it out, light it on fire. There you go. Number 16, pretending that you don't care is only doing yourself a disservice. Now, this kind of goes back to always say how you feel and whatnot. Um, If you don't say how you feel, this is just in my experience. If you don't say how you feel, it's going to all bottle up and it's going to come out at the worst, most inconvenient times, usually when you're drunk. That's why they say the whole drunk words, sober thoughts, all of that. But I remember from probably 16 to 23, maybe even 24, I had the biggest, I don't give a fuck attitude. You guys can go back and look at my old videos and watch it. Like it's so prevalent. It's so clear. I've said it a million times. It's like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Like da, 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 da. It's just not true. You're not cool because you don't care. And you're also lying because you do care. So not only are you just not cool at this point, you're also a liar. So that's just to me, again, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're not doing anyone else any favors. Not that anyone else deserves it, but you know, more specifically yourself, you're not doing yourself any favors by pretending that you don't care because when that happens, you're just not addressing your emotions. And so you're only delaying yourself from becoming emotionally intelligent enough to grasp those emotions and to properly process them and deal with them. So acknowledge that you care when you do and acknowledge your emotions. It's just better for everyone wake up and make the bed. I don't know about you guys. Whenever I wake up and make the bed, my day is good. I have a good day. I feel organized. I feel productive. Whenever I don't make the bed, it's just an off day. I woke up and made the bed this morning and it is hard sometimes. I don't know why. I used to never think it was hard to, you know, make my bed and whatnot. But now because I live in a house where, you know, I have a two-story house. I have upstairs, downstairs, obviously. So I don't have to go upstairs and see my bed until I go to sleep again. So for my mind, sometimes it's like out of sight, out of mind. But when you make your bed, it's like just a good start to your day. You're setting yourself up for success because if you didn't do anything that day, at least you made your bed. Okay. 18. Tequila before vodka, but wine before all of it. I'm not a vodka person. I've learned that the past couple of years. Vodka turns me into a bitch. I like tequila. I don't like the taste of tequila, but I like what tequila does to me. So I enjoy tequila, but wine is my best friend out of all of them. It tastes better to me, at least personally. There's more options. There's white, there's red, rosé, sparkling. It's good. I'm a wine girly. Number 19, celebrate the small victories. To me personally, I feel like the small victories are equally as important as the larger ones. I know so many people, including Hayden sometimes, like he'll do something small and I'll like congratulate him or acknowledge it or whatnot. And he's like, it's not a big deal. It's just, you know, this or that or whatnot. And I just, 
I don't know. I think that it's so important to acknowledge the little wins because life is fucking hard and you deserve to be praised wherever you can be. Number 20, people either give you energy or they take it away from you. So choose wisely. I have met many people in my life that I have chosen to keep around simply because my mind was playing tricks on me because the energy that I would get from them was anxiety. They would give me anxiety and I would think that that's energy because I would get adrenaline when I get anxiety. There is a much bigger difference and I think that we all know that. But I just think it's very important to, again, choose your quality of people in life wisely. If people are adding more negativity or more anxiety or more drama, you know, don't give your energy to that. Save your energy for people who are encouraging and nurturing and who understand you and only fill your cup back up with positivity. Number 21, which kind of goes hand in hand with number 20, be the person who gives the energy and doesn't take it. Listen to people, make them feel seen and heard and understood. This is definitely something that I've been trying to implement more and more, especially within the past year. I want to always be the type of person that makes someone feel comfortable, that makes someone feel safe, that makes someone feel loved. And I think, you know, if you would have asked me that six or seven years ago, I would have told you I didn't give a shit because I don't care. But now, you know, we've evolved. We have evolved. And I think that it's just really important to have, and I just think it's really important to be someone's safety person, to be someone's you know, safe space to know that you have someone who's going to listen and be kind and understanding. You know, it's a scary, hard world out there. And if you have people in your life who you can connect with and know that are going to be there for you, no matter what, I think that that's something that's priceless really. And so I always just try to be that person for other people. Number 22, you can't control everything. Again, hi, I'm a Capricorn. Nice to meet you. I am a big, big control freak. And if I can't control things, I get anxiety. However, over the past, I would say year, I have become, or at least I have attempted to release my grip on control a little bit and to just accept what the world has to offer which if you would have asked me two years ago if that would be my mindset, I would have told you you are absolutely out of your mind because again, I thrive off of control and when I feel like I have control over a situation, I feel like I know what's going to come next. You know, There's no change, nothing bad is going to happen or at least I've convinced my mind of that. So it's just really important to recognize that you're not going to be able to control everything in life and there are certain things that you can control and to hone in on those things, but for the things that you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. And that was a really hard phrase for me to come to grips with because so many people would always tell me where like, there's nothing you can do. Like, what can you really do? There's nothing you can do about it. And I used to literally lose my mind at that phrase because I would try and figure out a way where I could do something about it. And that just was not happening. And I used to think that there would be catastrophic destruction if I let go of control. Because if I didn't have control on everything, like how was my life going to go and whatnot, I'm here to report that I have let go of control in my life is honestly probably better than ever in terms of my mental sanity, anxiety, all of that. Number 23, eat the cake. We hear this all the time and I'm someone who's definitely guilty of this, you know, going out to restaurants or ordering food or making food or anything like that. I'm always someone who's like, oh, I'm not going to get that because it has, you know, this one ingredient that is bad for me or, oh, I'm not going to get that because I had pasta yesterday and I don't want to have carbs again or whatnot. And I think that 
you know, it's always important to be conscious and to be, you know, aware of what you're consuming and whatnot. However, I also think it's important to treat yourself. You know, you can go to the gym in the morning, you can go for a run right after, but if I'm out at a restaurant or if I'm, you know, passing an ice cream shop and like I want it, I'm going to have it because I just feel like life is too short. And at the end of my life, I don't want to sit there and be like, what's your biggest regret? And have me say like, I wish I ate more pasta or I wish I had that ice cream. You know, that that would literally, <laughs> I think that would kill me before whatever actually ends up doing it would. So something that I've learned more recently is this one has honestly probably been the most recent, probably in the past couple months. Like I'm going to indulge and I'm going to allow myself to indulge and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Number 24, always take more photos. This is a resolution that I have this year too, is to take more pictures. I was just talking to my mom like two weeks ago after I came home from San Diego for Christmas and we were talking about how we never have any pictures. Her and I never take any pictures and that's because we're both very guilty of this idea of like, oh, I don't want to get in the picture. Like I look bad or I don't want to get in the picture. Like I don't like this angle. And it's like, get in the fucking photo because I never regret being in the picture or taking the picture or anything like that. And yeah, you know, not every picture is going to be the best, you know, Instagram worthy post, but I just think it's so important to have pictures to look back on, to have those memories and things like that. So I think that is really important to just capture the memory, capture the moment to the best that you can and to take more pictures. Number 25, trust your intuition. I've talked to you guys about this before that there are many times throughout the years where my intuition would tell me one thing and I would do the opposite because I would convince myself that, oh, that's just, you know, head versus heart. Like that's my head talking. I need to listen to my heart. No, that was my gut. That was my gut talking, telling me, you know, what to do in a situation, telling me when something wasn't right and I would choose to ignore it. And ultimately my gut has never led me wrong. And I think that, you know, over the years I've really had to kind of come to terms with my gut knows more than I do. And that's how it's supposed to be. And that's okay. And it's almost like a little superpower. If you think about it, the fact that we have this thing in our bodies that can kind of give us the red flag when something isn't going super right. And so I just think that we should use it more and utilize it more. And then the last one that I have for you guys, number 26, is that it's okay to declutter your life from anyone or anything that doesn't serve you. And again, that's something I've learned in the past like two-ish years that it's okay to get rid of things. It's okay to, you know, get rid of people, you know, get rid of in the right sense, but like it's okay to remove people from your life who are not serving you well. You know, you want to have good energy around you. You want to have good people. You want to have things in your life, like tangible things that bring you peace and happiness and energy and all of that. And if you are surrounding yourself with negativity, if you are surrounding yourself with bad reminders or reminders of something that doesn't make you feel good, like it's okay to get rid of those things. And I think for a long time, when it comes to people in particular, I would again, keep people around just because I wasn't particular with my energy, not even because they were bad people. It was just because they weren't serving me well. And I was not particular with who I gave my energy to. And I was just kind of giving it here, giving it there, whatever. And I think that it's just really important to remind yourself that you get to write your story. There is not a lot of things you can control in life, but who you allow in your life is one of them. So choose wisely. And that, you guys, is the 26 things that I have learned being 26 years old. 
And again, I'm really interested to hear what you guys have on your list as well. 25 has definitely been a very good year to me. It's been a very good year for me. There's been a lot of growth in 25. Um, Just to kind of recap it, in 25, I hit my one-year mark of living in Nashville. I moved in with my boyfriend. We got a dog. I started a whole new podcast. I moved into a new house. I made amazing new friends. I have started to take my health and wellness more seriously. I've gotten more into cooking and I want to get more into baking. I just got a KitchenAid um, like mixer thing, so I want to get more into baking. 25 has been a really really amazing, beautiful year for me. And I'm very, very lucky. And I'm very excited to see what 26 brings because I just, I have a good feeling. I have a good feeling about 26. And I know everyone always says that, but I have a good feeling about 26 and I have a good feeling about 2023. And I feel like it's going to be a really great year. And I told you guys this when we were talking about the new year's resolutions and things like that, how after every you know year, that would go by, I would always be like, I don't know how this one could get any crazier than the last. And I've gotten to the point where it's not that it's necessarily crazier, like in terms of the things that happen or like the crazy stories or whatnot, but just in terms of the monumental, you know, chapters of my life that have occurred. Um, 25 was a big one, but I'm very excited for chapter 26 and I can't wait to take you along the ride with me. So with that being said, you guys, that's all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. If you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I'm your host of My Thoughts Exactly. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly on Thursdays on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube. You're not going to want to miss it. I will be back next week as a 26 year old officially with you guys and I can't wait to see you there. Bye guys. Bye guys.